Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast-track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash startalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash startalk today. Our universe is filled with secrets and mysteries, leaving us with many questions to be answered. Now more than ever, we find ourselves searching for those answers as the very fabric of space, science, and society are converging. For the first time, these worlds collide as we give you the knowledge that breaks the barrier between what is science and what is merely pop culture. This is Star Talk. Now, here's your hosts, astrophysicist Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson and comedian Lynn Coplitz. Star Talk. We're back on Star Talk. Lynn Coplitz, good to I see know. you again. I missed you last week. I know. I always miss you. But, you you're know, so busy, like, working. You know? i got to work for my money, Neil. <laughs> well, I'm back on the stroll. We don't, we don't pay enough here? All right. Back on the stroll. <laughs> That's the life of a comedian. You're listening to Star Talk Radio. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Joining with me, my co-host, Lynn Coplitz, stand-up comedian and actress. So, what we've got here is Star Talk Radio. You can track us at startalkradio.net. And not only that, we're now podcastable on iTunes. All you have to do is go, like, search for Star Talk. And it's actually a Discover, it's a Discover magazine portal. Uh, they have other, uh, other podcasts available through that channel. But we are there, startalkradio.net. I think it's great that um, we talk about science on this show, and you're an astrophysicist, and the two of us just had a total spaz moment <laughs> where we couldn't get sound on the air. See, we're real people, people. Yeah. 
No, we're good. I think we're good now. So we're on, this is our, our 13th show? 13th show, Baker's Dozen. That's right. That's our right. 13th show, and um, I think it's been kind of successful. Yeah, well, I, I, I think a lot of ways to measure that, how many people call in, how many emails we get. And it's really been a little experiment, because we didn't know how it was going to work out, Neil, Yeah, bring an in, astrophysicist and, you know, a space cadet, as well, they <laughs> like to call me in the intro. I think of you as a space brigadier general sometimes. Thank you yeah. so much. And um, according to what Stephen Colbert said on a show where he said repeatable results, I just want to, I'd like to prove today <laughs> that I have listened to the show and learned something. I think the repeatable results is that we wanted to see if people would 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 be interested if we could draw your crowd and mm-hmm. my crowd. I think that is that is success. If plus, we could bring them both to the dinner party, and the repeatable results would suggest yes. Plus, you were showing off that we had Stephen Colbert as a guest. You just slipped oh that yeah, in I'm there. just a bit of a name dropper, and we have some other big <laughs> names. We had some astronauts and um, Peter Max. So the real experiment here is is linking science and comedy, really, to see what what that experiment means. And you pop, know, a pop culture, pop culture. I'm pop culture. Uh, and and uh, Bill Nye had something. To say about this. Let's, of course, oh, I'm sure he did. <laughs> it's our Bill Nye minute. Let's see what he's got to say on that when subject. When we take our summer break, is Bill Nye going to take it with us? <laughs> yes, he will. So let's find out what he's got to tell us. Hey, Bill Nye, the science guy here. This week, is science funny? Well, try this one. 186,000 miles per second. It's not just a good idea. It's the law. <laughs> See, that's that's funny if you know the speed of light. 300,000 kilometers a second. Is that any funnier? Not really. How about this one? If a plane crashes. Well, that's because there were too many poles in the left half plane. <laughs> See, that's, that's not really funny. It's about a plane crash. But if you know about control systems and imaginary numbers in the left half plane, it's, it's kind of charming. And they asked these guys in Switzerland at the particle accelerator at CERN, is it true that you're going to make a black hole that could swallow up the earth in 45 minutes? <laughs> no, it's more like 50 minutes. See, that's funny to the scientist, but to the illiterate journalist, it's kind of a mystery. Well, I remind you that science is a human idea, maybe the best idea humans have ever had. And since there are humans involved in science and humans are funny, well, that makes science funny. Get it? <laughs> I got to fly. Bill Nye, the science guy. There he goes. You know, Bill Nye started his career as a stand-up comedian. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you can't tell. That's good. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, listen, we we are this show, let's tell everyone, we're we're about to go on a summer break, you and Yes, I, yes. Because we have given all we can to the universe right now and we both need to enjoy a little sun and get out of the studio. All right. And um and so we decided instead of just doing like flashback clips we have some interesting guests, and we wanted ourselves to kind of nostalgically go past some of the shows that we enjoyed. Yeah, well, you said interesting guests. This is like we have a special guest. Is my friend your friend? Well, it's not just any old friend. I've happened to know Lynn. You like slipped in Joan Rivers on us. Joan I know. Rivers, I like saved icon- the best for last. You didn't know that's what I had with she, all your I- rocket scientists, <laughs> and I pulled Joan Rivers out of my pocket, you, baby. You totally, you totally delivered Joan Rivers, and we've got. And we went to her house. We you got to did. go to her house. We did. It was, it was, it was, she was so kind to us, by the way. She had a little dogs running around, too. Yes, it was, they're everywhere. She's hilarious with her dogs. She's like me with my dog. <laughs> and, but also, you know, her grandson, Cooper, is a huge science fan. He's like a middle he, schooler or something. He's nine. Yeah, yeah he's okay. Nine. Uh-huh. And he loves um, Hayden Planetarium, and you were generously giving her a year membership there yeah, for, a- Hayden, for uh, Cooper. So I, I had to kiss up somehow. So, to- she was so tickled. <laughs> she was thrilled. So we have a lot of interviews with her. We're going to listen. 
listen to them. Huh? Yeah, and we want to find out what what, what are her views on all, many of the subjects of the of the series of the series. We of, picked some of our favorite subjects, and then we wanted to see what Joan would say. Like for example, on space exploration. Let's see what she told us about that. <laughs> Star Talk Radio is here in Joan Rivers Library, and I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson with Lynn Coplet and Joan Rivers. Joan, Rivers. Joan, Joan. It's my library. I should be in here. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Makes sense. So, so Joan, uh, Star Talk, as you know, we we talk to anybody who's got something to say about the universe, and we know you got stuff to say about everything, including the universe. So I just want to start off. I had like a bunch of questions I want to ask you. Um, you realize that in space, particularly in orbit around Earth, there's like no gravity. There's like zero G, and on the Moon, it's like one sixth G, and so you realize it, it's um, with less gravity, things float. Do you, do you have any thoughts about that? Do you th- ever thought of living in space because things float? No. What I've thought about is I know that if you go uh, around the Earth, if you go backwards, you get younger. Oh, that was in, in in the movie Superman. Yeah. But yeah, but that that's not real, though. That was just Superman. Well, apparently, uh, Suzanne Somers now lives in a, in a rocket ship. <laughs> so, no, I don't like the outfits. So I wouldn't live in outer space. So it's all about the clothes. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I agree, but I like the idea of zero gravity, Joan, because um, without zero gravity, gravity is what pulls everything down. So it does give us that, that more uplift. That's the only reason I would even consider going in space is the idea of I don't have that drag yes. down. So, but, so, Joan, you don't need any more uplift, apparently. No, is that no, 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 no. The point is, yeah, so you, you would have things up, but you still have to wear those stupid spacesuits. Oh, good point. They look like gay exterminators. I don't like the spacesuits. Good point. So, I, so even even if you're floating, no one knows because you're wearing a spacesuit. Yes, you're in a stupid spacesuit. They don't know. You can't get your toes done. Those big boots, that are, the gravity boots. It is so not for me. So, so you want open-toed gravity boots? I would like if I was good. I will wait to go on the moon until they figure out a way you can look nice. <laughs> no, I see. I could totally see you doing for QVC something, something designer in the whole the aerospace line. What, what do you we think could you do, would do first the moon pin, <laughs> and it makes you look thinner. That's <laughs> shown, and that's just... me mocking that everything everything on QVC they always say makes you look thinner. This is where this is where if you want to find her on TV, she's going to be on QVC like half the time. Is that is that where and she... the, and the roast uh, they're playing it over and over again, and it's wonderful on Comedy Central when they it's roasted Joan wonderful. Rivers. Now what else? We have more clips. Yeah, so I also asked her about the practical realities of human space exploration. Let's see what she <laughs> says about that. All right. I would like to know what a woman does seriously. I'm not making a joke about her period in space. What do you do? Uh, that's why I think there's so few astronauts, ladies, that they send up. Remember that idiot that drove wearing the diaper? Of course. <laughs> now you think she's an idiot because I say she's a genius. Everyone called her crazy, and I was like, only an astronaut comes up with the clever idea of going from Texas to Florida and wearing a diaper so she saved time. I know, but for God, ugh, would you want to sit next to her in the car? I mean, remember that she went to kill her boyfriend or the, or the, the astronaut's wife? Was like, I don't know. Only an astronaut would think that. But I think um, I love the idea of uh, I've always thought of my body as kind of the last frontier. And my G-spot is a place that no man has dared to go. So. <laughs> and if he does, he may not come back. <laughs> Some sort of black hole, is that what you're telling? There's a concern because in the long voyages to Mars, people have to live in close quarters for a long time and they have to be really friendly with each other. Yeah. 
And I find that really, you better make them very ugly lady astronauts. I'm like, yeah, oh, I think uh, you don't put a good-looking hot little astronaut in there with other men. Well, you put in like a big lumpy astronaut. I don't know if you know this, but this was on one of our shows as well, that there is a NASA sex tape out there because they wanted to see if they could have sex in space. And they actually taped it. And I was saying that... I've never seen it. I I haven't seen it. And I said that I thought the favorable position would be um, doggy style. It would have to be. You have to hold on to something. You have to hold on to say. I think that's... uh, You've got to brush up on your laws of physics if you're going to do sex in space. You understand, of course, that this is what you're going to put on as a viral video. You talk about a viral video. That's a viral That's video. A viral video. <laughs> okay, so just to recap, we put ugly women astronauts in, in the space <laughs> in the space station. And I think we make sure we we regulate their cycle and make sure that they're not PMS when they're up there because we don't need someone having some sort of space craze. But I I wonder when they do send up the women astronauts, they have to take that into consideration. The cycle. Well, the, I mean the launch date. Or do you when you're in space? <laughs> Uh, not have your period the way ballerinas don't. I, I, I don't know. I, That's I, interesting. Why well, ballerinas don't because they, 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 they because they're basically dysmenorrheic, right? Yeah, they, they're so uh, ballerinas are also busy working and working out. And, uh, like great, a lot of women athletes uh, don't have their period. I wonder if astronauts do it. See, that's the kind of things people would love to know. But no, they tell us the stupid things. Well, no, there's other stuff they don't tell you. They don't tell you every time an astronaut throws up. They don't tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, and they do throw up all the time, and they're in that little helmet. Yeah, they do. They get sick. And it floats in the air, and they have to, like, uh, vacuum it up. And that's why they would take a woman in space. Oh. <laughs> can you clean that up? Hey, Joan, could you clean that up? <laughs> Joan is hilarious. What an icon Isn't she great? She is. I, I think it sounds like I love listening to this because, I, you know, I haven't heard it yet, and it sounds like... Joan and I are two little kids playing, <laughs> and you keep coming in like the papa, like the teacher, like, and really, astrophysically speaking. <laughs> That's because I'm sitting between the two of you during that interview. I felt like, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, why am I even here? You know, because you all just like resonating. Because you were keeping us both down to earth and sane. Uh, you know, and plus, Joan's been around for many decades, as we know. And I she, don't think she'd appreciate that. <laughs> well, no, she'd, be, she'd admit to that. And she's, of course, around for the, uh, in the 1960s. And we recently had, uh, in June 20th, July 20th, 2009, was, of course, the 40th anniversary of the Apollo 11 landing. And Thank so you. always wanted to know what people were thinking and doing back then. And so uh, very much a- I wanted to know that from Joan. Let's find out what she had to tell us. Okay. I was at Fire Island, and I remember that we had a wonderful little house, my husband and I, and we had friends over, and I remember sitting and watching, as we all did, on television, watching them land on the moon. And then all those insane rumors started that they were they didn't land on the moon, they did it in a in New Jersey in a in a, in a uh, hangar. In a hangar, remember all that stupidity? And it was very exciting. And I remember that China, do you remember this, came out and said, we have our own space plan and we will have i remember this clearly a restaurant up on the moon in 2001 china made a big announcement and israel already made reservations (laughs) 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 i remember china saying that you think you're so smart we will have a restaurant up on the moon in 25 years i thought oh just say how smart we are well i have to say but it would have no atmosphere no oh oh Am I allowed to crack a you, joke every now and then? You're allowed to try, baby. Um, so wait, I want to know, is that really true what she was saying or was she joking about 
did they say that that it was that the moon landing didn't really happen? Was that one of the rumors that happened at the day? Well, at the time, no. The, the moon. I mean, were they saying ha- it happened in Jersey later? <laughs> in a hangar in Jersey. No, were they saying that though? Because no. lots of strange things happen like that. Well, then. people, there are always people in denial of the advance of technology. But I, I've seen the moon hoax claimers to be more vocal in recent years than back at the time. Because at the time, there was the whole buildup. We had Gemini going into orbit, right. and every, all, steps were taken. So there was nothing to happening out of the blue. All I remember is I wanted to watch Chastity Bono on Sunny and Cher. My mother said no. <laughs> because we were going on the moon? Because the moon is. She's like, look at that. And I was like, whatever. And I remember being in front of the TV you so and being so did not annoyed. say whatever. That I came was like little. two I decades little. later. I didn't say whatever. I just was like, ugh. <laughs> I was annoyed. You're listening to Star Talk Radio. I'm your host, astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson. We're in our 13th show, reflecting on some of the shows that have come before. And uh, Lynn, we've we had more time with, with, with Joan Rivers. We'll, yes, if we'll, you missed out on the past 13 episodes, it's okay. We don't hate you. Today you can get caught up so that the next 13 will be so exciting for you. Yeah, you can get caught up on, you can actually podcast us right off of iTunes or directly hear the broadcast on StarTalkRadio.net. So let's take our first break, and we'll be back with more from StarTalk Radio and more of our interview with Joan Rivers. She's got- you have to wee-wee. You have to take a break. To, you have to go wee-wee. No, I don't. But, <laughs> but uh, I don't have to, but doesn't mean I won't. All right. We'll see you in a moment. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the US on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more... FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Whether you're a space cadet or a rocket scientist, we want to hear from you. The phone lines are open. Call now. 
This is Star Talk. We are back on Star Talk Radio. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, with my co-host, comedian Lynn Coplitz. Lynn, I, I have to say, you were awesome in getting time with with Joan Rivers for this for this thirteenth program of ours. Well, thank you. And you know what was really fun for me was you were. It's a very collaborative effort when we come up with what the shows are about, and our producers let us really join in and. Uh, it was really fun because I got to go back to some of the shows that I really love mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, and that I thought were comically rich that I thought Joan would really enjoy. And, you know, I, one of the best ones was the Virgin Galactic. Oh, space, space tourism. tourism. We had to bring that subject to her. <laughs> I, I, we just had to because I just, you know, I interviewed people on the street for that show. And um, just so people at home know what we're talking about, it was on space tourism and Richard Branson um, has Virgin Galactic the space entre- the the aviation entrepreneur Richard billionaire entre- yeah he's not going on the first voyage but <laughs> but he's w- really pleased to take two hundred grand from you to put you on it selling tickets to it yeah and um and everyone I interviewed people on the street and and a lot of seniors mm-hmm. were all for it and a lot of the young people were like heck no and <laughs> you yourself Neil said no you were like I'll try the fifth or sixth one I, 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 I heard too much about maiden voyages of ships to- <laughs> that's exactly we've seen blimps blow up no thank you I've seen those stories so right? I wanted to know what Joan at, at seventy five years old what her reaction would be well let's find out only if there was a first class section <laughs> there isn't. Jojo, right now, there's no flight attendant or meal included. Nope. Mm-mm. And you can sit Mm-mm. next to anyone. Nope. 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 You might not even have a bathroom because it's just oh. a flight up and then back. It's just like it's a suborbital and you come back. No, I definitely like first class. I like my own bathroom. I want to be given earplugs. I want to be given... No, I would not go. Wouldn't you be angry if you didn't get a window seat? That was my whole thing. For 200 grand? For 200 grand, I want a thing that's, that you can sleep on. Sleep and seat. definitely a flight attendant. For 200 grand, rubbing your feet. A flight attendant? I want three gay men lined up. <laughs> <laughs> but, and she wasn't kidding. I mean, no. she was serious. I mean, because when this was over, she continued on about this topic. <laughs> Joan is outrageous. She was absolutely disgusted. That, and, and so was I. If you remember when we did the show, if, you, if people listening, if you go back and you, you go to our website and you go to that episode, you will laugh very hard because it really was aggravating. Well, I can tell you that for her to ask for a sleeper couch, you're, you're paying to get the view of Earth, so she's not going to want to go to sleep. Oh, but give me a break, Neil. It's like the view. It's like the, it, it, in um, the, the vacation movie. Okay, seen it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, how many for five minutes you see the view of Earth? Oh, that's really great. I, uh, if I pay two hundred grand, I'm going to stay awake the entire time. I just don't want people throwing up on me. I don't want you know stuff like that. I, <laughs> and I don't know if there's big celebrities up there. I'm also taking pictures of Val Kilmer looking at the view of Earth. Um, <laughs> But we also asked Joan about uh, the Timothy Leary. Oh, yeah. You know, there's this, seems to be this trend. Timothy Leary among them. Clyde Tombow among them, the discoverer of Pluto. These are people who have requested and... <laughs> I love that name drop. Go ahead. Go ahead and, 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 and drop Clyde. Blah, blah. He's dead. But what do you mean? Yeah, because I dropped Joan wherever. Okay, but I've never even met the guy. So I'm, I'm not okay, dropping. I'm, I'm just sorry. mentioning a historical figure who right. discovered Pluto. I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> Clyde Tannenbaum, go on. <laughs> Clyde Tannenbaum, Clyde Tombaugh, uh, among others, including who's the guy who who created Star Trek? Uh, Gene Roddenberry. Yeah. All these folks have agreed to get their ashes 
launched into space. And Clyde Tombaugh's ashes are going to pass by Pluto in five years. And Roddenberry's ashes went to the moon. And so I, I think a question for Joan was, if we... I'm giggling because I know what she said. <laughs> if she if she gets cremated, what should we do with her ashes? Should or we, her dog's ashes. Should we send them into space or not? Let's see what she said. No, I'm going to have my ashes thrown in my agent's face. So I know exactly where my, my ashes are going. But um, I think it's you have to do something with the ashes. But just if everybody was getting uh, cremated and taught, we're, gonna, we're ruining space as it is. I don't want to have my ashes up there in space somewhere. Right. It's kind of littering, isn't it? It's, it's, it's kind of... It's, you know, seriously, as a scientist, what would that do if everybody starts cremating and throwing the ashes up into space? It creates more... Sp- there's a lot of space to breathe there already without people's ashes, but it would just add to it. That's all. Add to the, the add to the garbage dump. Now, how much, how much garbage is there up there in space? At what point are we going to say we have polluted space? We have because our satellites are up there cramming their spot in their orbit to try to, to, to get up there. It's, it's, a, it's a mess. And it's a deep concern going forward to, because they, they, at, we know all, the, the satellites have to have extra fuel to take themselves out of orbit to burn up. Otherwise, they just stay up there forever. And, so, and they're running out of space to put satellites. That's what's going on now. So what happens? If I wanted to put another satellite up, I would actually have to knock somebody else's out? Yes, because all the satellite spots for communications satellites are all so taken. It's like housing in Manhattan. Like you're waiting for someone to die so you can get their apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't she a great guest? She, she's great. She, she just she, makes she, me smile every time I hear her voice. I adore her. You know, I, I, the first time I ever saw her was live. I didn't even know she existed. I was a little kid. It was back in the 1960s. And we got... One of my relatives arranged music for The Fifth Dimension, and they were on the Ed Sullivan Show. How apropos is that now, given what you do? Well, The Fifth Dimension. (laughs) Well, okay, yes, it was a it was a performance group, but actually, Fifth Dimension, uh, they they were not. They, they've thought that one through, right? Did you know that? Remember the four elements of of ancient times: earth, air, fire, and water. Remember yeah. those? Not that you remember them, but you read about them. Right? Earth, wind, and fire. That's the group I like. <laughs> Is earth, that what you're talking about? Earth, no, no. Earth, <laughs> air. Now you confuse. Earth, air, fire, and water. All right, those are the four elements. No, well, it was earth, wind, and fire. <laughs> air got fired early on for being uppity and having too much to say. So. So what you had, the Greeks had a fifth element. I don't know if you knew about this. There's a fifth. Not only those four. The fifth, in Greek, and it was and the fifth element was the essence of where the gods lived. The, it was the essence of, it was, it was the cosmos. So that's where the name of fifth dimension came from? Well, the, I don't know exactly, but I do know that if you want to think of a fifth thing, the fifth, the fifth essence is how the Greeks thought of it. And the word for that is quintessence. I love that. Quintessence. The fifth I had essence. them on eight track. <laughs> was that a group too? <laughs> no, I had fifth dimension on eight track. Oh, the fifth track, dimension, yes. And I used to listen to Won't You Marry Me, Bill. Oh, yeah, Bill. And, yeah, on yeah, the balloon. And, and, and a, Up, Up, and Away. Yeah. And Aquarius. These were all very big Songs of a then. generation. Well, I saw the fifth dimension on the Ed Sullivan show, and she was one of the acts that night. That's amazing. So I had to ask, I had to, I had to remind her of this, just in case. <laughs> Let's see what she said. She was funny. You were on the Ed Sullivan yes. show and following the fifth dimension, and I came yes. out and you signed my autograph book at the time. Do you remember uh, that? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, but I remember the fifth dimension. 
mention because they were adorable. And I have a picture of all of us. Uh, Ed Sullivan was live. And if you were on the second half, you got cut because people went longer on the first half than it was supposed to. And I have a picture of the fifth dimension and me all looking up, watching a clock, which is hilarious. <laughs> because we knew if somebody was going longer now, whoever would sing like Tenny Bennett, you were going to get bumped. So I love the fifth dimension. I love their outfits. Yeah, yeah, that was an, of the day and of the moment. Yeah. Yes. So, so have you ever performed for scientists or anybody at NASA? I, or just a geeky crowd? Yes, yes. as a matter of fact, I, I was uh, hired to do a Trekkie, a Trekkie uh, convention and do my act, but it was in Miami, so they were mainly Shekies, not oh. Trekkies. <laughs> but, Isn't that like a Jewish Trekkie? <laughs> A Shecky is a Jewish trek. I've been around you long enough now. I knew exactly what you were. I saw the look on Neil's face like, what's a Shecky? Because Neil is, is so, you know, he's a genius of genius level. So he immediately wants to know why he doesn't know. I didn't want to embarrass myself by wondering what a Shecky was. But... Finally, you feel like I normally feel. <laughs> so how did that go? It went very well. They were adorable. Remember, anyone who's interested in space is smart. We know that. Everyone who's interested in space is smart. Uh, they're interested in something outside of the shallow people like me. All I care about is decorating my apartment. That's the, that's the only space I am interested in. That was Joan Rivers on Star Talk. I adore her. Yeah. So, 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 Lynn, how is it that you know Joan Rivers? I know comedians know some of each other, but for you to know Joan, how? I work on a TV show called Z-Rock on the IFC channel, and Joan plays my aunt. Indep- independent film channel the channel. Independent film channel. It's on Sunday nights, and Joan plays my aunt on the show. So you play we, relatives. Yes, and we had a an instant chemistry, and she has been an amazing mentor the last two years. I'm I'm really blessed to say that. And she's she's and a good friend and, and just wonderful. She's as generous in spirit as she is with her jokes and her time. and I mean, she did this for us yeah. in the middle of a million things she was doing. She's, but what I gotta have to point out is, you know how her voice is so distinct? Mm-hmm. She will leave me messages, especially when I have big things, and she'll be like, you're wonderful, you're brilliant, it's Joan <laughs> Rivers. And I just burst into hysterical laughter because I'm always like, I know it's you. Like, who else could it be? Um, listen, one of the things that I wanted to ask Joan about, too, because I, I, you know, going back over past shows, I was like, oh, I, I know she'll think she'll have something rich here is um, we we did a show on. We, well, we've done plenty of shows where we've addressed the topic of life on other planets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we actually had a caller on one show that I thought was hilarious. I even remember his name, Gary. And he was the guy that was in, he was in California, and he mm-hmm. said, am I all alone? He was like British. I, I'm all alone out here by myself. I want to know if there's more people in the universe. Mm-hmm. So we, we asked Joan about aliens in space visiting us and, uh, you know, what she thought about that. All right. Do you think that there is life out in outer space? As we know life. That's a perfect question. question. Excellent question. And if you look at how big the universe is and how common the chemistry is of life, we're made of ingredients that you find everywhere in the universe, carbon, nitrogen, oxygen. It's the most common ingredients in the universe. And the universe is vast. It's been around a long time. It would be inexcusably egocentric to suggest that life on Earth is alone in the cosmos. But we keep thinking the search is for intelligent life. What we might find is like, Pond scum. Like at this point, we're dumbing it down. You're sli- we slime mold. Anything. <laughs> anything. Any, any. So, so that's an interesting point. If if we find life out there, it could be smarter than us, or dumber, 
right? Do you have a, like a feeling about that? If they're smarter than us, are you worried they might treat us the way we treat, that would make us pets? <laughs> right, right. But I always wonder, the whole universe, it's suddenly so incomprehensible, at least to me, because it, where does it stop? Where do you fall off? Mm-hmm. You know, and if it goes on forever, are there other planets that we could eventually connect with? Should we fear aliens coming to us, or should they fear us if we visit oh, them? No, I think we should be terrified if they're coming to us. Terrified. I don't want to know about it. I don't want to have to make friends with them. I don't want to wear a dog collar. I'm not interested in them saying she used to be a funny person on, the, on Earth. But the way what we... You could end up a pet. You could end up a pet in someone's house. <laughs> I could be a rescue pet. <laughs> You could rescue a lot worse pets. I tell you what, she would be one heck of a rescue pet. Uh, the, yes, this is that's hilarious. Well, it's part, part of this experiment of Star Talk is trying to explore science's pop culture and pop and and the comedic side of. The Have universe. you noticed though? Every celebrity we've had on one common thread. Peter Max said it last week, and um, Stephen Colbert has said it, and Joan just said it. Every celebrity, and I'm name dropping our celebrities, <laughs> but every single one has said that they're all in awe of how. Big it is. Yeah, yeah. I Isn't mean, that strange? She just said it again. She was like, it's just awe-inspiring at how big it is. I'd like to think that everybody, you don't have to be a celebrity to feel <laughs> don't that Don't you way. wish you had a quarter for every time you heard that now? <laughs> <laughs> had to be dirty. Um, <laughs> We're going on a break soon. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we, we, we will soon be uh, having our summer break. But we wanted to get, get reflections on the previous episodes. By the way, you can listen to our previous episodes. They're being logged one week at a time. On You can download them as podcast from iTunes. And those of you who are from another planet and don't have iTunes, you can hear these episodes on startalkradio.net. Speaking of which, yeah. they, people might be here living among us from another planet. Well, you think they might be here? We like, actually m- talked to Joan about it. Masquerading, do you think? Is that... You think they've already visited? You know, I've been to Times Square, and the many people I could have imagined would <laughs> that be. That naked cowboy, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, I, I actually asked Joan which people in Hollywood might be handling it. Really? Okay, let's find out. In the movie Men in Black, Dennis Rodman, who's your friend, right? My very good friend. Is actually an alien in Men in Black. And in real life. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my question. I want to know what other celebrities you think might be aliens. Oh. Where do Tom we- Cruise, for sure. Tom Cruise. Well, they, but they believe in all that. Uh, oh, uh, Angelina Jolie with those stupid lips. Those are not human lips. Yeah, you're right. She has a velociraptor kind of feeling about it. <laughs> uh, there are many celebrities. Uh, I think John Travolta because he's either the Antichrist to me or an alien because I don't think your career could go from Vinnie Barbarina to like Oscar winner <laughs> without having some sort of... Some, some kind of help. Yeah, you've got some sort of pact with somebody. Uh, there's a pact with the devil. You can see that in his eyes. And he has pointy ears. <laughs> Oh, we're making friends here on Star Talk. <laughs> I'll tell you three celebrities that won't be on our show next. <laughs> Dennis uh, Tom Cruise. Uh, Dennis, Rodman. Dennis Rodman. Dennis um, Rodman. No, Dennis, though, is really, he's like really good friends with Melissa and Joan. Oh, yeah. So th- th- that was all said with love. Um, so <laughs> we also talked about UFO sightings and abductions. Well, yeah, because I, 
every time you get someone famous, they're always talking about getting abducted, I, and something I don't fully understand. It's just a way to blame everything. I think didn't Anne Hayes do that? Didn't she tell yeah. everyone? And the aliens dropped me, and then I went in those people's backyard and went into their <laughs> their rec room, and I had to have a Capri Sun after I'd been abducted by the aliens. <laughs> they found her napping on their sofa. Her and Margot Kidder. <laughs> Blame it on the aliens. When in doubt, blame it on the aliens. Well, let's find out what uh, Joan has to say about. I asked her if she'd ever seen a UFO. Oh, you, okay. Let's let's see what she has. No, but I have a friend who is doing a documentary on it, and uh, she has interviewed so many really smart people who will not give out their names because they feel it will really hurt them by saying they have seen it. I have not seen it. a friend of mine in Connecticut. Uh, saw them, and they're very. She and the husband saw it in their car together. But I don't know. I never had anyone from Harvard or Yale ever come up and say, "I've seen a UFO." It's always like two idiots with no teeth. You know, I saw it. I was, you know, I was skinning a rabbit, and there it was. Yeah, we have those. Or they, or they use it, or they use it as some sort of excuse for something. I'm sorry, I didn't come home. I was abducted by aliens and probed. But I also had another friend who's very smart. Who um, he he does Alf? You remember Alf, the yeah. the the funny little comedy. The show, the, the TV show, the Alf. TV yeah. show, and the character. And he writes Alf, and he swears he was in his house at Malibu, and he opened up his eyes, and there was this thing hovering right outside his window, and then uh, woke his wife up, showed it to her, and then again it went away. So I know two people that I respect that have seen them, and then a lot of people that are asses that I don't respect that have seen them. But none of them are dragged in like an alien carcass in front of you to look at. No, but my cousin Sheila claims they abducted her from a Starbucks. <laughs> and they took her towards, I think it was Venus, and they let her go because she kept saying the whole way, are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> How, you know, it's not su it's surprising that they roasted her. I mean, it's surprising that they waited this long. Because look how quick she is. Like That was just on the top of her head. Joan well, not only that, Joan Rivers, I think, is famous for sort of getting on the case of so many other people. So I kind of viewed a roast as, you know, chickens coming home to roost. You know, finally, everyone else gets a chance to talk about her situation. Right? Well, that... it, well, yeah, but she, I thought she was the funniest one on the roast. Well, that's she kind and of, Melissa. She'd her daughter have to be, too. Her daughter was hilarious. She's but... she's the she's the comedy icon. I mean, that's what what that is. Except know? for I did enjoy um, what's his name from the Dick Van Dyke Show. Oh. Um, oh my gosh, why his name just went out of my head? The fa the famous uh, older guy who created uh, Carl Reiner. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and mm -hmm. he just kept cursing. <laughs> Because he never got to do that. <laughs> so he just kept saying, like, MF. And all these, like... <laughs> Getting it out of his system. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen to see an 80-something-year-old man just going, oh, C-word. And he just was, just kept cursing. It was really it was hilarious. But um, back to Joan. Yeah, so I, I just... First of all, I think many people have thought about the universe. And I think the more you learn about the universe, the more informed your thoughts can be. And from what I hear from Joan, you can't be as comedic as she is unless she's actually thought deeply about all these subjects. So I'm, very, I'm impressed with her intelligence and her, her background and where she, where she wants to I take mean, all this. I mean, the thing about, about comics, and especially comics like myself and Joan, do you love that I just put myself in the same category as her? <laughs> in the same sentence? Um, yeah, but the, the thing, you know, we're cultural anthropologists, really. We're just kind of reporters of the truth. I agree. We just go out there and dig it up and bring it back. And we bring it back raw, and we just let you do with it what you will. And um, and I've definitely learned this from working with you the last couple of months, Neil, and, and I love it, is that 
I'm starting to see that I'm smarter than I thought I was when it comes to um, anything because because we really we really do have to think a lot and and you know and you brought that up with Joan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, comedians are observers of culture and science is I think when it's the the material for comedians I I'm charmed and tickled to realize that it can be a com- of comedic substance I mean I, I, I can't no we asked Joan uh, I was curious what her educational background is because no one ever asked that of a comic <laughs> no, yeah, one. no one cares they're like just dance monkey dance <laughs> yeah, that's but she's a very smart woman very smart businesswoman and very smart you know Joan is that rare breed of book smart and common sense smart, and com- and then you can you can you can turn that into a fortune. I, I asked her what what science does she study. Let's find out. Love biology. I was very good in biology. I was very good in geometry. I was a terrific geometry student because it's very logical, and I like the logic of it. Have you used geometry? You said you majored in geometry. Did you use geometry? No, I, I've never used geometry. I just loved it because it made. I love things that make sense and you can control. And geometry is a very controllable science. Well, so, okay. Since so is hu- so is humor and comedy, right? So do you do you do no, no, you, uh, no, you no, come? Comedy you... is not controllable because you can think something is very funny, and uh, nobody else does. You don't control an audience. You can never control an audience. But uh, geometry, yes, you can con- control this to that equals this. It's controllable, and that's it. And you can't change it, and I can't change it, and that's it. Comedy. You have some idiot in the front row that can ruin your whole show. So it has nothing to do with it. Now, Neil was talking, Neil's always asking me if there's a formula to joke writing. And my type of joke writing, there's no formula. I'm just kind of, I don't work that hard. You can't. There's no formula. No, I don't think so either. And the strangest things they think are funny. You know, you'll write and work on something that you think is hilarious. And, it is, and then you'll say, and they'll go, ah! and you go, that's funny. Okay, that stays in the act. I always have them laugh at the setup. Like, I'll set up a joke, and they'll laugh and laugh, and I'm like, really? I haven't even gotten there yet. I don't understand why we're laughing. Okay, so we conclude that comedy is not geometry. It's not, it's not geometry. It is not a, it is not a science. But, uh, comedy is, there is no such thing as a science of comedy. And people that try to teach it, I feel, are so cruel. So if anyone is listening out there, if you've got any kind of a logical mind, don't take a course in comedy. Lessons for the for the for those in school, you know the Lynn. What what I find interesting is first she's proud of her science background. That I think that's great, and not enough people are. I think they viewed science as something they weren't good at, or I don't like math, and they, and they're proud of it. And other people like band behind them and agree and chuckle. And I don't run around saying, "Oh, I was never good at nouns and verbs," and chuckle with other people about this, you know. So I think we should view all of this as just part of what we should all know about the world that we live in. Well, you know, we we did a show on space spinoffs and yeah. on practical applications of science, and and I think this is like getting to the core of it now with our some of our recent celebrity guests. Peter Max said it last week, and when we got back, you kind of gave me that look like, wow, it's so cool that science influenced him so much. Mm -hmm. And I know you're such a huge fan of comedy, and I'm sure this has got to be exciting to you to hear a legend like Joan Rivers talk about how science influences her a lot. Yeah, and I know, I mean, I know many scientists who love art and love music, and so I just, it's, it's, it's very, I think you can't be a complete person without all sides of you. Stoked and fed, and well, and, and now with with again with the space spinoff show with all the applications that come on your on your computer and mm-hmm. your iPhone and I, I 
it's just silly to say that our lives aren't touched by science and that, you know, that that science can't be an interesting, sexy topic. This is our last show before we go on summer break, and it's our That's 13th right. show. We've been reflecting on some of the past shows, and in the meantime, bringing you our interview with Joan Rivers, a buddy of Lynn Coplitz, and now my yours. co-host here. And now, yeah, she, I don't know if I can count her as a buddy. We're an acquaintance. <laughs> but uh, her dogs were, like, licking me the whole time, so I feel like I'm better friends with the dog than... than <laughs> Maybe you just tasted like bacon. I think we had hot dogs or something before that. <laughs> You're listening to Star Talk Radio, and you can download all of our past episodes on StarTalkRadio.net or podcast them off of iTunes. It's a portal of Discover Magazine, by the way. They've taken an interest in what we've been up to. We're, yeah. com- we're coming up on a break, but you have something on? to say right before then? Oh, I'm sorry. I, th- I didn't know we were breaking it. Oh, yeah? I, wanted, mm-hmm. I thought we were going to talk about Stephen Colbert. Oh, let's do that. Let's slip it. Because what I wanted to talk about was, remember, um, when Stephen Colbert was on the show, mm-hmm. we asked, you asked him a great question that I love mm-hmm. about, about, about science and where did he feel we should be by now? Yeah, yeah. And he was flustered because he said he thought we w- he would have his own robot and flying cars. So we asked Joan the same thing. What she wanted for for out of science by yeah, now? Yeah, what what she what she expected? Okay, let's see what she says. My cousin married a woman who was at Harvard, who worked on making spaceships edible. Because if anybody got worked on this the day she died, in a program at Harvard, because if they went up and they got stuck in space, it would take them like eight or ten years to get somebody else up there to bring them back. So she, I would say, how are you, Shirley? And she'd say, we made the most delicious split pea desk. (laughs) That's nasty. It's It's really true. (laughs) Really. It makes sense, though, when you think about it. Because if they're stuck up there and they say, Lynn, we can't, we're starting right now, Lynn, to figure out how to get you down. We'll be up there in 2014. (laughs) What are you going to do? You're going to start eating your spaceship. I, 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 that's what I was going to say is, first of all, I would lose weight before I went up because I would not want people looking at me with a bottle of A1 going, oh, she's got the big booty. <laughs> we start with her. <laughs> we finish with that little one over there. This is the one we start with. That was me and Lynn in the library of Joan Rivers telling us, just telling us like it is. Edible spacecraft. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> We're going to take a break. You've been listening to Star Talk Radio. You can find us on the internet at startalkradio.net. We'll be back in a moment. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. 
But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Bringing space and science down to earth. You're listening to Star Talk. We're back on Star Talk. I'm your host, astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson, with my lovely co-host, Lynn Coplitz, actress and comedian. Thank you. And what Lynn did for us on this 13th episode of Star Talk, before we go on summer hiatus, is she she's buddies with like Joan Rivers and and it's what Joan did for us because I mean I called her and asked her and she said yeah which was very nice of her because the value here is part of our goal pitting you with me and back and forth is to try to see if the universe is there something funny about the universe that we can sort of uh, celebrate and to get Joan to, to 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 share with her some of some of our 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 past episodes just to see how well, she we're, reacts. We're making science sexy, Neil. We, we said <laughs> we said in one of the earlier shows that we need to give it a makeover, and we are. We're introducing science to pop culture. I, we put them on a date. <laughs> we put them on a date for thirteen weeks, and it was an e harmony. I think e-harmony. it was a huge success. <laughs> okay. It was a huge success. It was a love connection all the way. Science and 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 the real world got together, and they made a baby called Neil and Lynn. <laughs> They made a Star Talk baby. Oh, I'll, I'll take it. That works. I think that's what happened. I like it. All right. We didn't know if they would get together or not. Okay. It was a little awkward, maybe, the first show. And then all of a sudden, and now there's a bow, chicky, bow, bow. Now they're hot and heavy. One of our first shows, one of our earliest shows, was to celebrate the 400th anniversary of Galileo and the Telescope. Speaking and, of sexy. Uh, <laughs> I always want to know who you owns. You know, I love Galileo. He brought sexy back. I, I, I always want to know if somebody owns a telescope and what people's reactions are to them. So uh, I asked that of Joan. Let's see what she says. We did a whole show on telescopes. That was, in fact, our opening show. Oh. Yeah, so because it was the anniversary of Galileo, 400th anniversary of Galileo and his telescope. I, I dated him. <laughs> Galileo. Uh, the telescope was, he had a very small, you know what, and so he made this long. It was small. It was an extension. You know how men... The bigger the telescope, the smaller the... <laughs> yes. The bigger the telescope. Oh, Jen. Our, the, our listening crowd are right now peeling Spock ears back, getting so angry. <laughs> We're not going to watch that roast. How dare she? Um. So did you ever own a telescope? Yes, as a matter of fact, I have one. Uh, I have a country house, and I have uh, views of the mountains, and I love to look at them. I own a telescope. Also, again, it, it's a great decorating prop. And when you say you love, you look at the, you love to look at them. You love to look at the sky, or you love the, the mountains, not the other neighbors. No, no, I like to look at the mountains in the fall because it's pretty. I don't care what the no, but I, I think it's, I think it's. Um, Wonderful. I love the heavens. I think they're very beautiful. I can't even find the stupid Milky Way, though. I'm not very good. Well, not from New York. You're not going to find Milky Way. you got to be like in the boonies for that. I feel better. Because I, I can't find the North Star. If I was stuck in a boat, I'd be screwed. I'd no, be we'll give you a GPS, and then, you, then you're good. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> Joan. What she, you know, so she's. I think she's an affirmation of this experiment that we that we've conducted because this wouldn't have worked with her, but it's working famously. What else do we ask her? Well, we ask for some other funny stuff. Well, I. <laughs> 
I, what I want to know, you know, about the planets, you know, how does she feel about the planets? This hit a lot of people very and personally. And she didn't know about you. What? Oh, because I had, no. Well, Pluto had it coming, first of all. Let's, like, set that up straight. All right? So we, I want to find out whether she had any strong feelings about the planets. Let's see what she said. And I want to see Venus, Earth, Mars. Now I'm getting. You're good so far? At four for four? Uh, uh, Uranus. <laughs> Saturn, Pluto. Pluto got demoted, but we'll give you one. Oh, don't do that. I will, Pluto will. Pluto had it coming. Be a planet. Pluto had it coming. No, Pluto is a planet. It had it coming. It was taught that in ethical culture school, and it's staying a planet. You're sticking with it. It's a planet. Pluto, and then who's on? Where? Then out here is Jupiter. Yeah, you got Jupiter, and did you say Saturn yet? Did she say Saturn? I said Saturn before. I think you got them all. You got them all. Did I get them all? Yeah. That's because of my grandson that we made. Uh, we've also made a thing that goes around a mobile. mobile. So you're hooking him up. He's going to be a next astrophysicist. Well, kids love that, and they should know where we are in the, in the universe, and they should know about Earth, and they should know about how we're ruining our planet. I think it's all very important to make them aware. <laughs> so she she actually did, she left out Neptune. Went, the only right? way she, the only reason she got Uranus was because I, I, I pointed to my butt. I did notice that at the time because <laughs> she was, you kept pointing to your butt. I said, "Why is Lynn pointing to her butt?" This is like comedian, comedian. Joan looked right at me, and went Uranus. <laughs> comedian code. <laughs> but it's not really. You don't say Uranus. How do you say it? Uranus. If Uranus. You wanna, now, Uranus. now we got to ask everybody: How's the world going to end? How, what would they do if they learned that the world was going to come to an end? And I, we have to say, Joan, you know, she'd have something to say about that. Oh, she's got a plan. Let's find out. Now, let me ask you: Was Saturn the one that got hit? Oh, oh, Jupiter got hit. Jupiter got hit. God, that really upset me. Jupiter got slammed by a comet, and Jupiter has the biggest gravity in the solar system, so it was kind of asking for it. But it's a shot across our bow because we've got these things that could hit Earth. Yes. And we always wonder. If you know we're going to get hit tomorrow, and that's the end of civilization, what would you do today? Eat Italian food. <laughs> that's it? No, no, no. No men, no, no. sex, <laughs> no nothing. If I knew tomorrow we were going to be killed and demolished, I would go in and eat fettuccine. <laughs> that would be it for me. So not even men. Men are not doing it for you anymore, huh? Oh, no. Men are doing it, but fettuccine does it more. <laughs> Fet- I would have fettuccine, and I would probably have French fried onion rings. I would I'd come and get me. <laughs> but see, but you know what? Joan, we can get that right now, and you could scratch that off your bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then you, you get fat. I, I would like to know. You'd be fat and dead, and it wouldn't matter. I would like to know a week before it happened. I wouldn't even tell anybody. I would just go in and start eating. Okay. You know, I like that, I, but I would do that now. So for me, if I knew I only had a week, I think I would start open-handed slapping people. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Just open-handed slapping, like in the middle of the drugstore. I, the minute the girl's like, we don't have those batteries, smack. I was at dinner the other night with a friend, and he's a very elegant gentleman, very English, very distinguished. And he said to me, look around this restaurant. There are at least 10 faces here I'd like to slap. <laughs> So that's why we need the comment, so that people that deserve getting slapped, they get slapped. That's a good idea to slap people. Like, I, I, you get out of the taxi cab, I need a tip. Really, come closer. <laughs> I never thought this is what you would do when the asteroid comes. Oh, I love when Joan sounds excited by things you're saying. She got so excited. Did you hear? And, and we asked her one last question. I was, what, what, did, what did she want to see 
happen in her lifetime scientifically? What kind of discovery? What? Just in her lifetime. I don't know how many more years she's got. What does she tell us? That Bernie Madoff gets out of jail, calls me up and tells me where the $62 billion are. Then you can die? After Bernie and I spend it all. <laughs> He'd be a good one to slap. <laughs> what would I like to see? Uh, I mean, I would like to see the, the planet cleaned up. I think it's uh, we're being very serious for a second. I shouldn't be. But uh, I think it's a disgrace what we are doing to our atmosphere. It's a disgrace what we are doing to our planet. And I think we better clean our, ourselves up. And also, I'd like to I'd like to live until they can tell me nothing is going to fly in from outer space and destroy us. That is very scary when they say a meteorite may come down and may kill you. And that's terrible. It just makes me want to charge up more on my Amex card. <laughs> that's, that's so funny. I have the same way. Can you tell me exactly when it's going to hit? Um Wait, wait, actually, so it's not the day we'll tell you it'll never hit. It's the day we tell you that if it's headed towards us, we can do something about it. Yes, yes, that, yes. I just want to know. Science, I think, wastes so much time on stupid things. And I think we should clean up the universe and clean up the space. And uh, don't worry about going out into space. They'll come and find us. So, Joan, any any parting thoughts for the Star Talk audience? Just that I think how wonderful it would be if there was something out there. And if they're all single and Jewish. I think Joan and Al Gore need to pair up. Because <laughs> she's clearly green and wants to... Yes, there was a big green dimension to her. I would not have expected that. Well, we're going to take a, a, a little summer break. A summer break. This is our 13th episode of Star Talk Radio. And but we encourage people to listen to us yeah, on our website. Yeah, you come to iTunes and there'll be uh, added a show per week. There's a little time delayed from the live broadcast, of course, but you'll get them and you'll get them get each Get caught week. up, people. I don't want you not knowing what we're talking about <laughs> next time. <laughs> and, of course, it's StarTalkRadio.net. And, in fact, we're, we're tweetable at... At Star Talk Radio, that's what and you we get. will be um, looking at your questions over even on a break. We will still be yes, we'll, we will be monitoring because the science we can keep working. <laughs> yes, Thank you. Yes, it is. And I've been your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm an astrophysicist, and I also serve as the director of New York City's Hayden Planetarium. And Lynn Coplitz, you're not only a stand-up comedian, you're an actress. On on Zero IFC channel on Sunday nights. So check that out. This is Star Talk Radio, funded by the National Science Foundation. We'll see you next time. I'll miss you, Neil. We'll miss you. Keep looking up. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. 
But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.